All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 143 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code, Believe. that's BL. EAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Mots, this is uh, an exciting, exciting episode. We have a recently retired Stanley Cup champion, six time Selkie Award winner, Patrice Bergeron, coming on the show. We were lucky enough to be joined by him. I mean, your f- former teammate. Really, really exciting. We don't want to take up too much time here. Uh, we want you listeners to be able to 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 listen to this interview as quickly as possible because it really is fantastic yeah i mean he's a super person like we always talk about our kids our players our listeners to really watch patrice bergeron he, he does everything correctly on the ice he's a super person off the ice and uh you'll definitely you know get a lot of that from uh, this interview but you know his accolades go on and on and on, but we barely touched on it, and that's the cool part. I, we we're just talking about a lot of things that really matter to him, and um, you know he, he added a lot of value to uh, to our listeners. So I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, no, it really is. It's it's exciting times, and and you know it really that uh, it was a real treat to to be able to chat with him. Well, before we send it over to Patrice, this interview is brought to you by Franklin Sports, the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out our line of official street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Such a great partner in Franklin Sports. Always good to be able to work on your game with all their off-ice training tools. So make sure you check them out at franklinsports.com. And this episode is also brought to you by TSR Hockey, located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs, CCM, Bauer, you name it. They have it all up there. You can visit them online as well, tsrhockey.com. If you need to hit up the team store, 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave and tell them the rink shrink sent you. And now it's time for our interview with Patrice Bergeron. And our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast, Drafted by the Boston Bruins in the second round, number 45 overall in the 2003 entry-level draft. I would like to shake the scout's hand of, of, the, uh, of the Boston Bruins uh, staff of this guy. But a six-time Selkie Award winner, league record, 12-time nominee, again, another league record, two-time Olympic gold medal winner, and a 2011 Stanley Cup champ, and my former teammate, Patrice Bergeron. Welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, Patrice, this is uh, this is great. And it's funny because when Mots and I, when we kicked this off and we're, you know, over 140 episodes in, one of our, our kind of taglines has always been, 
just watch Patrice Bergeron. Like you want your son or daughter to be a really good hockey player. Uh, we want you to pay, pay attention, turn on the Bruins game and watch them. So this is a, it really is. It's a real treat and being Boston guys, we, we, we couldn't be more excited to, uh, to have you on. Oh, thank you so much. It means a lot. Thanks. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. As I said, so I'm trying to learn from, I should say Mots actually. He's, he's the guy to watch. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's take it to, uh, just like just the Boston experience right off the, the rip here. Um, you know, you played as an 18 year old and, you know, just, I just want, you know, to kind of get this out there. Can you remember two guys that you played with in the lockout year that always wore Boston hats and like, you know, like diehard Sox fans and willing to do anything for the Sox? And you gave them a little bit of credit. And if you don't remember their names, that's all right. You know, because I from, I from but, my team back yeah. in, oh my God. Yeah. I, so Keith O'Coin, there's Chris Diamond, there's uh, uh, Pat Leahy. Uh, there's a lot of guys from, from around Boston. And that was like the year, obviously, the, they came back against the Yankees and, yeah, exactly. and, and, and won the, the World Series. So it was, uh, it was special. It was special to actually like live that with them, you know, to, through their, their eyes, basically. And, and you know, I, I remember like <clears throat> going to, um, you know, some teammates, we, we would gather at night and watch the Sox game, right, on, on days off or whatever. And uh, they were glued to the TV. And I remember, <laughs> I just remember that. And for myself, it was my second year around. Like, so I, I, I was kind of getting into like, you know, Boston sports and what it really meant uh, to the fans and to the city. So it was, it was special to experience that at that age, for sure. Yeah, another guy that uh, Keith was like boys with, uh, and who I was very close with, Dave Gove, who unfortunately yeah. passed away. Yes, th th those two were, you know, joined at the hip. And I was talking to Coiner today, and he's like, "Yeah, ask Bergy, like, who got him to wear a socks hat and like get, get him going <laughs> with the socks." <laughs> he's right, actually. Yeah, those, yeah. those guys definitely did. You know, it was. Uh, I mean, Brandon Walsh was there too. Walsh oh yeah, was, you know, like so. Um, yeah, a lot of guys were. Uh, um, we're big fans. Yeah, no, it's great. And obviously, uh, you know, you became a big part of that history, but I, you know, I wanted to, to rewind it and talk about, um, you know, you growing up, obviously being a, a Canadian kid, but what was the your first experiences in, in the game of hockey and how did you fall in love with it? Yeah. So my first experience was basically, um, I was five when I started, you know, playing like, uh, organized hockey, I guess, and to learn to play, if you will, to learn to skate, whatever that is. Uh, because my, you know, I have an older brother; he's a couple of years older, and he was playing um, himself. So, and at that age, you know, like your older brother is always kind of like your your model, and you want to do whatever he does. So um, that's how I kind of got started. And uh, back home, you know, growing up in in a small town in 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 Canada, Quebec City, like it, it's. You know, hockey, obviously the winters are are definitely like pretty, uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of snow. There's, you know, pretty, it's cold. Pretty cold, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Very cold. I was trying to explain that the other night too because my uh, my my youngest team's kind of in that Pee Wee Quebec thing. So I was talking yeah. to my in-laws and I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, if we go, like, you know, everybody should try to come. And I'm like, they're like, well, is it really cold? I'm like, yeah, there's like restaurants made out of ice so yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah exactly but uh 
just to put things in perspective, you're you're gonna freeze your, ass, your butt <laughs> off over there. But it's obviously like uh, one of those things where like um, you know kids and like families and you know we would grow up kind of watching the game and watching hockey and wanting to play and playing street hockey and whatnot. So that's kind of how I started playing and and um, and got into it. And then um, yeah, from the get go, I kind of fell in love with it. To be honest with you, I kind of wanted more and more and more and. Uh, as I said, played street hockey, played pond hockey. And back home, like we have like those neighborhood rinks where like every small neighborhood, they have their its own like outdoor um, ice, which, you know, it's open to, to anyone that wants to go. So after school, I would just drop my bag. Me and my brother would just drop our bags off uh, at home and be gone until, you know, because uh, there's no lights at night. So, you know, it would, it would be a couple hours then back back home for uh, for dinner. That's great. I mean, you you played uh, youth hockey uh, for Sillery Saint Foy minor hockey. Can you talk yeah. about any like early influences? Um, you know, you know, your parents obviously were a huge influence in your you know say development. But like anyone outside of of your parents, as far as uh, minor hockey that you can look to uh, as as part of your development. Um, I think you know first and foremost probably my brother. To be honest with you, like he mm-hmm. was like. As I said, he was a role model for me um, all the way throughout. But also, he was uh, he was just uh, there in support. You know, he was he was there to kind of um, yes, we had our battles, but it was it was always like he was always helping me get better and teaching me, but also like encouraging me to um, to not give up. I guess and to like you know, there's times where during you're playing youth hockey and like there's you know there's guys that are bigger, stronger. They kind of like throw you around on the ice and you come back from the game you're like you know like are you kidding me like is this you know like can I still do this and like he would always be there to kind of like give me a pat on the back and and instead of like kind of um he would always be positive I guess is what I'm trying to say and it was kind of cool to to have him you know um as a as a mentor um, you know growing up and and yeah it was it was um I mean coaches a lot of coaches also helped me um, I think that's how you kind of get into the game, right? It's like there's one that, like, you know, I was playing like summer hockey. You, you would play with like it's like AAA, whatever, and you, it's like uh, kids from like different teams, and over the summer you just kind of have fun, and you go and you you um, you go in the pool, then you go to the game. It's it's like the best time to play hockey, right? It's like, it's it sounds weird, but it's just like it was just so much fun, like and and. Uh, that coach, I do remember that he was like, um, it's just the, the the way that he explained, the way that he taught me. It was always about fun. He was always making everything about like us enjoying the game instead of like making it like hard on. You know, it, it would be hard on us, but like in a way that we would able we were able to kind of learn and grow and still have a smile on our face, which was pretty special. And I think it's something that as kids, you know, playing the game and as parents, especially, uh, is always a, an important reminder. Yeah. Uh, how many years between you and your brother? Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Did you share a room growing up? Uh, we did not, but we did. <laughs> that makes any sense. We would, uh, always kind of like when, when the parents were, uh, sleeping, we would kind of sneak, like he had like a Nintendo on his side. So, nice. <laughs> you know, like a, once uh, the parents were sleeping, sometimes I would just sneak into his room and kind of play uh, 
for a few hours. So it was, um, that was cool. Yeah, we had a good relationship. That's great. Yeah, because I, I had a brother who was five years old and very similar where, you know, you know, it's not two years, but, it, you know, five is a, a little bit bigger gap. But, like, I learned so much from him. He was one of my role models. And, you know, he allowed me to hang out with his buddies. And, like, if I yeah. had to play pond hockey or street hockey with those guys, I had to elevate my game. And, you know, oh, so for that's, sure. uh, yeah. So they I, would, they I would, they probably didn't let you, you know, like, give you any free pass, right? So it's no, like, hey, you no. learn fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah, no, that's uh, it, it's great stuff, and obviously being an older brother and having, you know, I I, I think I share some, uh, you know, like I don't know what the the proper wording is, but like I guess proudness, right? And obviously having Keith being three years younger than me, uh, you know, I'd like to think, especially in the younger years, I, I kind of beat him up a lot, and and you know, but <laughs> yeah. but it made him who he was, and I'm sure your yeah. brother feels feels the same way. No, for sure. Um... And it's so true. I think like I relate to both you, both you guys when you're saying that is that I was hanging out with my bro's buddies and him, obviously, and but they're older, but they wouldn't, you know, let me have any like, you know, giving me any chances or, you know, like going easy on me. So like, no free. I got passes. beat up. I, exactly. I got, <laughs> I got beat up a few times for sure. Like just playing with them and whether it was football or hockey or yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. And if you start like, you know, yeah, I'm sure you had a, a bunch of like muffled, uh, you know, cries in your mitten. Yeah, you know, so you could still keep. <laughs> you, don't, you don't show it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't show it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you, you you touched on it too, and and the fun, right? And now I know you have, uh, you know, four kids of your own. Are they are they skating? Are they into? You know, I'd like to talk just quickly about that. Like, where are they at? And um you know i know living here in the boston area right the youth hockey experience for everybody is a little bit crazy so i wasn't sure if you have had any experience in it and what your takes are on it and, and kind of your path for your kids so i'm just kind of getting into it right now to be honest with you i um so my my oldest um is going to turn eight soon so he's, he's still mites mm. and he didn't want to play before he did the learn to skate like when he was five in the last two years, he didn't play. So now he wanted to play again this year. Uh, so he's just starting. And then my my third kid, my um, my other boy, he's um, doing the learn to play. He's going to start like soon, learn to play. Mm -hmm. So he's not, we're not, I'm not quite there, but I guess I've done a few games and a lot of practices so far with my oldest. And yeah, it's definitely like, uh, um, it's intense, but it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, like the coaches, yeah. uh, the parents have been like great. And, and it seems like my son is really liking the, the you know, the, um, I guess the bond that they, they're already yeah. establishing as a team. And just, a, it's the first time for him to be on a team. And I think he really enjoys that. You know, yeah. I don't know if he loves hockey so far, but at least like he, he likes going because he like people are nice with him and like it's been uh, uh, a good uh, a good learning curve for him. So it's been uh, it's been good. But like it's as I you know as I always tell the, the kids if I'm close to them like uh, on because I do go on the ice to help out sometimes for practices and I'm like we're just here to have fun you know like it's like that that it's always the one thing is like hey like where's your smile you know like you know I want to see that smile because it's to me like at that age that's that's all we're really trying to, to accomplish uh and eventually obviously like you you want to get more specific but at that age like come on <laughs> it's just yeah. have fun 
Now, that's great that you're getting involved, but I just want to say, just be uh, aware. It's a slippery slope. It's going to come ice, hot and fast. Yeah, it's going to get going pretty quick. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be doing some other stuff, like personally, you know, for your own, uh, you know, time and, you know, yeah. management, you know, whatever you're going to do, uh, you know, for yourself, just just know that this could be a full-time job. Oh, I can imagine. I can only imagine. I'm telling you, it's already like, as I said, it's mites. It's like yeah, three, four times a week, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, man? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're practicing more than you did for the last twenty years in your exactly. career. Exactly. You know, like, you know, put the brakes a bit. Yeah, exactly. A bit. Yeah. Oh, it's classic. It's classic. Um, but to that point, with you, you, you know, getting back to yourself personally, and obviously having such a great career, but what was your like youth hockey experience like? Was it strictly fun? Were, were you like that, the kid that was at 12 years old was really, really good or did it take a little bit longer? Um, you know, what was your kind of path like? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And, um, you know, I think like in my younger years, maybe like before, um, before that, or before 12, like, you know, when I was like in, was it squirts here that you know it's yep. mites and then squirts yeah so like around that age like i was i was like a big kid for my age at that age um and then it kind of went downhill after that but like <laughs> I, so at that point like i was bigger stronger i was you know skating well for 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 that level so i was i was a good player but then like as we got older around 12 i was extremely like i i didn't grow at all and then i was small and you know, that's when like, you know, like it's, it gets a little bit more competitive and then 13, I think or 14, you start hitting and you should, yeah. I, I was still small. And so I was like, I was a good player, but I wasn't like the best player on my team, nor I was, you know, the best player in the league. Uh, so I think like it was a lot of, which it seemed like it forged a lot of hard work. You know, I think it instilled a lot of hard work and, perseverance in, in me because I had to kind of work that much harder to get to the puck and to, to keep it. And to, um, but you know, there are some years where it was, uh, it, it was definitely a battle, um, whether it was within my team or, or, uh, against, you know, um, against other teams just to be, um, to have my ice time or to even like, uh, feel like I, I, I should keep going. You know, I think there's times where you're, uh, second guessing yourself and, and it's not always just uh, you know, a straight and arrow and it's, 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 it's going well, it's, there's ups and downs and there's, there's doubts. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it's almost like a, as I got older, um, I got taught, like I, I grew a little bit, uh, around 15, 16, and then I got drafted in junior hockey. Um, and still I got caught. When so you know when I was fifteen, I got cut from midget AAA. Sixteen, I got cut from my junior team. So like, I think all those experiences kind of helped me get better and grow and 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 um and really work harder and work on my game and and uh, and I always thought that you know everything happens for a reason. There's things that you know uh, at the moment you're you can be frustrated if you want, but then like I think the best decision is always to kind of like take it you know you know with your head up high and take it on the chin and 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 learn and, and realize there's 
it's not pointing fingers. It's really more what I can do to be better. Um, so that was kind of the approach that I had at that age. And, um, and then after that, I, you know, it, it kind of went fast for, from like 16 to 18, like in, in a couple, in, in a span of a couple of years, I, you know, it was a, a pretty big jump for sure. Now, as far as like, you know, when you're cut from those teams, did you think that you had to like do something different or did you press that, that thing? Because like there's a lot of kids in, in that space right now where they might get cut yeah. or they're, they're in that space. And they might not be getting looked at from a school or whatever it is. Did you try to just stay true to your game? That Did you always think that you're a, a very responsible player, 200-foot player that can score in the scoring areas, but like still cared so much about you know, not allowing anyone to get you know any offense when you're on the ice? Or were you cheating the game then, and then you learned how to play mm-hmm. that, say, 200-foot game? No, I think it's a good question. I think at that time I was still trying to play um... – an all around game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always been kind of the way that I was um, <clears throat> seeing the game and wanting to play the game, I guess. Um, you know, I was thought, always taking pride in my defense and, and you know, obviously wanted to produce and, and, and have the the off the offensive numbers. But like, you know, to be honest with you, like at that time when I, those two occasions where I got cut, it was, I did ask like, um, the second time I did ask the coach, like, what, you know, do you think I need to improve? What's like, cause it's one thing to tell you like, Hey, you're going back that like you're going back to, to the next team, you know, the lower level team. And it's, it's fine. Like, but then like, why, what's, you know, what's the reason why, like, was it my speed? So like at that time they said like my speed, my shot, and obviously I, I needed to get stronger. Uh, I was just not ready. Right. So, and it, it was, great to hear because then it's like okay those are the things i need to work on so then at that point i was like okay let's i was trying to um, i hired actually um a power skating coach in the summer try to do a couple uh some some doing some more lessons um and i i worked on my nutrition to try to kind of you know gain some weight and get a little go in the gym get stronger so i got uh, into in touch with a personal trainer that um yeah, that just worked on my on my strength and, you know, getting in the gym and, and try to work out a little bit more. Because at that time, you don't really, you know, oh, you yeah. try to be dis- disciplined and you don't know what you're doing, right? Right, so it's like, right, right. You don't, you don't, you don't even know, talk about the gym because it's like in the summer, you're playing soccer, you're playing other sports, or you're just hanging out, right? It's, that's kind of like that was the mindset anyways for me growing up. Like uh, we just we put the skates and, you know, in the closet and then we're just – trying something new and in, in, in other sports and um and i think it's a good thing to have and i'm not saying to to not do that and not play hockey you know 12 months a year i'm just saying like once you get older and you get closer to like goals and you set yourself like you know that hockey's your team or your sports then that's when i think it's important to put in the the extra work and and, and to really go in, in depth in, into what you think or what others also think is needed for, for your game to get better. No, that's a great, great point, obviously. And, uh, and it really is, but we talk about the, you know, modeling your game after people, like who did Patrice Bergeron look up to and say, Hey, I want to play like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I grew up a Nordiques fan. 
and I was a huge Peter Forsberg fan. Nice. Like, yeah. Um, Joe Sakic was also like a big role model for me as far as like. Uh, hey, Bergie, do you remember what yeah. number he was uh, his rookie year? Who, Forsberg? No, uh, Sakic. Yeah, he was 89, right? 88. 88. Yeah, uh, yeah, close. Yeah, one off. That's fine. No, no <laughs> one knows that. No, no one yeah, even. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh actually, yeah, I missed that. Yeah. That's that's true. Um, I I I was close, but yeah, you. Uh, I do remember that actually. Mott's just stomping people. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the like Saki was just like his demeanor always looked so calm, and even off yeah. the eggs, he was uh, a great role model for for any kid really uh, wanting to to play the game. And uh, Forsberg was just like the way that he played, you know, he was yeah. like, he, the reverse hit and mm-hmm. his creativity and, and his, his, his work ethic. And uh, so I, I guess I, I don't want to say that I modeled my game around them because they're obviously special players. And I don't think, it, you know, they, they had a unique style, uh, but they were guys that I really looked up to. Mm. Yeah, those guys are two good guys. And, like, I, I would say yeah. it's like a, a combination, like, really. Like, you say you don't model it, you know, after, you know, these guys. But as a young player, you know, you're looking, you know, the Nordiques playing out of the call, say, like, it's like, you know, like you got this, you know, great venue. Like, it, you know, like when Quebec was going, it was great mm-hmm. as a young yeah. kid. Just like the Bruins for me, like growing up watching, I was looking at Ray Bork and yeah. you know, like uh, trying to beat Cam Neely sometimes and trying to beat some kids up on the playground. But it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you model your game after certain plays. And I think that's a, like an appropriate, you know, it's kind of cool that you to hear you say that because that's an appropriate um, kind of depiction of your game on some level, right? You Absolutely. Know, like both guys are defensively responsible, could, you know, offensively can do their things and, uh, that's pretty cool. That, that's that's really nice to hear. Um, but you know, just to have the the access to see those type of players at that time of your development coming through. You know, oh, that's great. And yeah. It makes a difference too. And that's something that I've always kind of like. Um, I did not take that lightly. Meaning that, like, I know that there's kids that are you know grew up in this area or that were Bruins fans wherever they are. That I think it's an important message to send to like try to you know do the right things and like try to, you know, be a good role model for them. And, and, and I think it's, it's not always easy to do. I know like it's it, at times, like it can get distracting for, for guys and there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think like to always put, have that in the back of your head that, you know what, there's, there's kids that are watching, there's kids after practice that are, you know, hanging out and hoping for just a little like, a, a high or a signature, whatever that is. You know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah, I think it's something that like, I know for me, like it had a huge impact, you know, like in, in Quebec city, like to have a chance, I actually had a chance to, to back then they would do like skates with like a Nordique, like every like minor hockey team would skate with one guy, one player. And my, the rink where we skated at my, minor hockey team had Sackett come over, no way. which was, you know, pretty amazing for, you know, for all the, the guys that you could have picked out, you get, you know, the captain of the team. So yeah. that had a huge impact. You know what I mean? So like that stuff is like, it might not mean anything for you when you meet someone, but then for them, it's like, you know, it, it does like, 
resonate and have a much bigger impact than you might think. So I think it's always something that I always thought it was important uh, to remind yourself as a pro athlete uh, to try to do. I know it's not easy, no one, and you don't want to, you know, the perfection doesn't exist, but you're trying to, as much as possible to at least, you know, do the right thing. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a great message and it's it, it really important, especially we have a lot of kids and, 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 and parents that listen to this and, and can relate and, and you talked about, yeah, there's no perfect person, but there's just that impact, just that going out and saying hi and, and, and showing people that. And I think that's what makes hockey guys so special, right, is they mm-hmm. um, they have no problem kind of jumping out on the ice, playing shinny with guys, joking around, having fun, putting a kid's smile on the face, and which is, is huge. And you don't realize it at the time, um, you know, maybe, but as you look back, and I think that's unbelievable self-awareness to, like, you know, just be thinking of that stuff as you're playing, and it's a great message to send. Um, I wanted to touch on next just kind of that that transition to the queue. You talked about getting cut, obviously, even in the Quebec draft. Like, you, you know, you weren't necessarily like a first-round pick or anything like that. But what did that, you know, full season in the Quebec League d- do for you playing in uh, Acadie Bathurst and – and or as Mots likes to call it, Arcadia Bathurst. Arcadia. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then leading <laughs> leading in <laughs> leading into that, um, you know, that 2003 draft, which is which is pretty mm-hmm. legendary with with all the, the the names that are on that list. Yeah. No. Um, so basically, as you said, you know, I, I got drafted as a 15 year old. Uh, I was a fifth fifth round pick, and went to training camp that same year and got cut, went back down um, to the lower level and, and came back the second year as a 17 year old. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that year was, was, uh, had a big impact on me. The coach that was there, Ray Allen payment, he was uh, harping a lot about defense, actually about face-offs. Those were all things mm-hmm. that for, for his centerman, he was like, if you want to play, you gotta, you know, you gotta take pride in your draws. You gotta take pride in, you know, keep keeping the puck or getting the puck out or getting keeping the puck away from your uh the back of your net so um for me like a it was a great year you know of, of development and and getting better but also like um learning a little bit more how it might translate in in the pros and to be honest with you at that point as a 17 year old i was a rookie playing in the queue like i did not expect to I was still not thinking about the NHL, if that makes any sense. It's like, mm. at that point, I'm just like, I'm just trying to stick in the queue, right? I'm just trying to make an impact on my team and 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 be a good player for in that league. So, um, so yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was fun. It was, you know, like, you're basically like a, a teenager still um, and playing with a bunch of knuckleheads. Knuckle. I was going to say clowns. Like you know, it's just, a, it's just a lot of fun. The atmosphere is great. Uh, we're just want, we're just trying to have a good time and hanging out after practices. Uh, and we used to all live in in build families, so like yeah. you know, um, and they all kind of some of them li- li- like were close to each other, so we would hang out and watch TV and 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 just really being ridiculous and and, yeah. and, and just you know, it's just like that team bonding, like I. It's hard to, I mean, you guys know, it's just hard to, to experience other than being on a, on a team, and especially right. at that age, because you have nothing else going on, right? So 
after every practice, after games, you just kind of like always yeah. kind of connect. Well, you got Bruno Gervais, like who's yeah. one of the better dudes out there, and exactly, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, he's just he's the best. I played with him in Long Island for a couple of years, and just like a sweetheart of a guy, number one. But like he, he just likes, you know, the nonsense as well. Just you know, <laughs> as a seventeen-year-old, I kind of imagine him. But oh yeah, you know, he was the captain of our team, actually. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. <can> imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like awesome, awesome guy. But uh, yeah. So a quick question about like that time, um, you know, again, your, your coach, um, it, it was, a, is it Pemont? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's a pretty big influence I would say for, you know, sculpting you enough to understand like those pressure areas on the ice understanding, you know, just as a team, but then like it, everyone kind of takes a message differently from a coach, mm-hmm. but if you absorb, the right messages and apply it to your game, you're going to be, you know, valuable to the team. Number one, and the coach has, you know, reliability in you and you're going to get more ice time. Um, So at the end of the day, you know, like the points are the points and everyone looks at the points and the queue is like a a high scoring league Mm -hmm. at the time. And, you know, you're around a point per game, a little bit over, but it's, you're, you're a valuable part of that team and the coach relies on you. And I'm so happy that, the people that were watching you, number one, the the Bruins, were able to identify that and you know pick you up in the second round. Mm-hmm. But you did not have to go outside of your kind of like comfort level uh, or your zone to play both offense and quality defense and be a re- re- reliable source for the team and a value add. So did that come from the coach, or do you think you internalized? some of his coaching and just applied it to your person and just in your game. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think his coaching guided me towards like what, you know, he was looking for, mm-hmm. what is more successful for, for the league, for me to, you know, to, to actually like have, make an impact or have an impact. Um, but I think like also, for myself, like it kind of suited my the way that I was comfortable playing the game. Yeah. You know, like you know, if we're talking about faceoffs, we're talking about, you know, like taking care of your D zone and um, and at that time, like I was still as as I said, I was a rookie and I, it's not like I had like all this pressure on me to, or all eyes were on me, right? I was more like under the radar. <clears throat> there was other guys that were talked about more which kind of helped me kind of find you know my uh, my footing and 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 getting ready and really like learning how to really play the game Uh, it's not pros but it's still like the highest level for us in canada right so it's like the pace of the game changed a lot for me like from the year before to that year so like i when i started as a rookie i was on the fourth line you know i kind of grinded to to get up and in, in the lineup over time uh, as the year went on and, um, yeah, no, I think it really helped me. And actually it's funny. Cause like, as you mentioned, like the coach, like real, he, he a couple of times he, he kind of gave me, like, he, he was hard on me, like he in a good way, but he was like, if you think like you'll ever like play in the pros with this or that, you know, type of play, or he was always like, really like grooming guys to be pros, grooming guys to make, the next level he was doing all he's you know french canadian and 
he would do practices in English to kind of prepare us to like, like the, if guys would move on. So it's, it was always like a preparation to um, what's to come for us in, in hockey if we do want to, um, to, to to make it to the next level. So it was it was a really good learning year for me, and uh, it was special. You talked about that that pressure and kind of flying under the radar, and 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 I think now everything with the way social media works and and all that stuff, it's just like everything's in the world's in mm. fast forward, which is crazy. Uh, but what was your the draft expectations and from your family? Like, what was the pressure, or was there pressure, or was it just like, hey, Patrice, go and have fun and figure it out? Like, because I think nowadays, I mean. Mots and I talk about it all the time. There's like so much pressure at such a young mm-hmm. age. And it's like kids are, you know, they're thinking about being in the NHL at, at 18 years old. And it seems like yeah. talking to you, you're like, you know, it was kind of like under the radar. And then boom, next thing you know, you're there. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a bunch of different questions all in one. But no, I it's, guess, it's, you know what I mean? No, it's great. I think, the you know, like as, as, um, as it went on, I think like as I, mentioned before like i was a rookie right so there was no expectations i um maybe like after like 25 to 30 games at the time like i kind of had like um i just started having an agent so like like they were starting to kind of ask the um if they wanted they could represent me at that time obviously when you're playing juniors they don't do much but it's more like for the future and he called like i so i got an agent which was kent hughes and phil cavalier and then mm-hmm. phil calls me and he's like um chicago's likes your game like he's kind of they're, they're looking at you and i'm like chicago who <laughs> blackhawks what are you talking about and i'm like uh, in the I mean, u.s i was so surprised i was like what is no, chicago like, in the queue am i getting traded chicago mission like what, what are we talking yeah, about yeah. so it's like uh um junior a you know like um right but like uh it, it was really like uh surprising to me to, that to even hear that and yeah i was shocked that teams were even like or scouts were even like looking at me and considering you know like um, maybe drafted me because it was as I said like there is not on my radar at the like in that moment because I was more like concentrating on just like playing the right way for for my team and my coach and like I was more like trying to be in the moment I like, guess is, is what I'm trying to say like I was mm-hmm. like so in the moment that I wasn't really looking ahead and uh, and then when that started happening more and more and more then you're asking about the expectation of the draft you know, like after that year, cause that was my draft year. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I, if I kind of go back, like I, I started playing less, having less ice time to like playing a little bit more. So by the end, you know, talking to, to my agents, they were like, well, we're seeing you, you know, like a third to fourth round. And then like by the playoffs, I was up to like a second round, like, you know, I guess, I was like 29th, I think, North American skater, which like if you bring in the European, you're kind of like second round, right? You're right there, like second mm-hmm. round. So, um, yeah, so that was the expectations. But like, to be honest with you, it was so, it was shocking uh, midway through when like uh, my agent was, was calling saying that there's, there's teams that wants to, and, and you know, at, at, at that time, scouts, they just like want to talk to you after a game and they just kind of like, they want to see who, 
what kind of personality that, that you have or who you are as a person and kind of ask a few questions. And, um, and yeah, it kind of snowballed after that where I was like, okay, like this yeah. is for real and this is my dream. So like, I'm going to really putting all the, all the, the things yeah. that I can do are, you know, putting all the work to, to, to really try to, uh, to help my chances to, to succeed. Right. So, right. Um, but like the, from my family, I think that was like the other part of your question. Like I, yeah, I didn't, I did not sense, it was more support to be honest with you. Like they were yeah. just very supportive of, uh, and I, I go back to my brother. We talked about that, you know, growing up, like he would come and watch games. Cause like, <clears throat> you know, we're playing like, I was playing New Brunswick, which is like a, a province outside of Quebec. Um, so it was about a seven, eight hour drive from my hometown. Uh, so they wouldn't come to many like home games for us, but they would come to a lot of games. We would play Quebec City, we'd play, you know, Montreal and all the teams within the, an hour within, you know, right. proximity of my, my hometown. So like they would come to a lot of games on the road. And I remember like a few games where like, you know, it didn't go my way or our way as a team. And uh, I felt kind of down and, you know, he was always there at the kind of, my parents as well. Uh, but, you know, I, obviously when, when your brother speaks, it kind of, it's almost like it, 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 it means that much more. Right. So uh, he was always there to kind of like pump me up and, and, and make me realize, you know, where I was the year before. And now that I, you know, I've accomplished a lot, I guess, over the course of like a, a short period of time. So he was just like, just enjoy like who you know who cares about right. you know one game you know so no, i love you saying that um you know about your experience because we do talk about this on the podcast quite a bit about staying in the present whether it be that practice that game you, you see these kids you know again like the social media kind of you know and the phones like it, it really does accelerate you know their brains a little bit to not staying focused on what is important yeah. And, you know, in that practice, like in people ask me, I'm like, I just want to be the best in that practice. Like I deliver the puck on time to the better player or just in that drill, like passing, you know, just if you can focus and make those passes. But like, it's really good to hear from you because that's how you lived it. Right. And like, that's very mm -hmm. important for our listeners to hear, you know, coaches, parents, kids that listen, um, because you're so well respected on what you did after but like that's what you were going through at these, you know, impressionable ages. Um, so it, as as you get through this, you know, so that draft was down in Tennessee. Did you go down to the draft? Did you did you I fly did, down? Yeah. yeah. So we were not supposed to go, and then um, again, I go back to speaking to to my agents, and they were like, "I think you know, like no matter what, like you're you're gonna get drafted, whether it's." second third fourth fifth you know it doesn't we don't know but i think you should go just to experience it and then i spoke to my parents and what they thought and you know we were just like oh, let's make it a, a weekend you know we've never been to nashville uh, we've barely made it to, across the border to be honest with you you know we, we went to maine that was like for florida so um, <laughs> so you know what i mean like that was like you know taking a, the airplane and like it was it was cool like to, to be out there and um to experience the whole thing but then it was like to be honest with you like looking back i was i was i got extremely nervous when i got there because there's like all those big names that were supposed to be you know those top 10 picks and whatnot and yeah. the media attention and 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 then i was like okay like this is this is real you know like this is like the nhl something i've 
I've dreamed of my my whole life. So that <clears throat> that weekend was. Um, I said that we were going to make a weekend out of it. Like I was, I was very nervous. Like I, I don't think I really enjoyed myself all that much until like uh, that draft day and 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 when my name uh, uh, came out. But um, but yeah, it was cool to to be there and be there in person, right? So I would, I think, looking back, I would have regretted it not to not to be there. I think we just came up with like a T-shirt or something like Maine, a Quebec kids, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, but you guys, I'm sure you guys have that, should, to Maine that should be before. the the, the oh, state's yeah. slogan for 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 Maine. Yeah, you know? yeah, Quebecois, Florida. You go to Maine, and there's like legit like Quebec city license, well Quebec license plate and Ontario license plate everywhere. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. you right. know, it's just like. That's what we do. Like we just drive down and cross the border, and we think we're in Florida. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Awesome. I love it. It's awesome. And the water is freezing. By freezing. It. It's oh, freezing oh. up there. <laughs> it is, and there's some beautiful places it's up beautiful. in Maine. It oh, really yeah, is. Real. It's gorgeous, but uh, it sure as hell is. It, it's Florida for like you know maybe thirty days uh, yeah, in yeah, terms exactly. of weather. Like it. it yeah, weather, but, not water temp. <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, after the draft, obviously, it, you know, it's huge. And then kind of your first training camp. I mean, I can only imagine you, you talk about being in the present, but walking in that locker room for the first time uh, at, at, at your first NHL training camp. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's quite the experience, you know, just like, you know, you fly down there and, um, and for myself, like I was just nervous to, to speak like I couldn't really speak good English and 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 uh, I was I was going around you know I was able to kind of like work my way and and, and people were able to kind of like understand what I was trying to get to but like it was not easy for me it was like nerve-wracking to, to get there and like to have, actually have to do everything in English so that was like the first thing that I do remember and then like um you gotta remember that it's rookie camp for the first like five mm-hmm. six days and then the veterans show up so like the first um, first few days, like there was a lot of guys that um, that were all trying to make make an impact and make it and make a name for themselves. And, and it was rookie camp, and it was you know, and back then, like um, you guys know, like it's 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 kind of a gauntlet. Like you get yeah. on the ice, and there's like four fights before like the puck is dropped uh, in right. the inner squad game. You know, like you're like, oh my god, this is real. Like the, <laughs> You know, you, you're like, oh, that's there's that's no joke. So like, uh, that was kind of my welcome to the NHL kind of moment. I was like, okay, like that's that's big boys that 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 mean business. I need to really like kind of make sure I'm I'm ready for this. So it, it was a it was a cool experience. And then like once like the you know the big dogs arrived, it was it was very special just to see like Joe, you know Thornton that. Um, you, I watched on TV. Well, all those these guys I've watched on TV the year before, but like Joe was the big name, right? He was the guy yeah. that was like doing the CCM commercials that I do remember. He was the, the guy that was like on the the posters, and so it was like just to like to interact with them and like to be around like those guys and to kind of watch them and 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 try to learn as much as I could was was pretty special. But then like um, I had to kind of remind myself that I had to still like compete and, and, and try to, you know, make a name, you know, make an impact and leave, leave a mark for, for the scouts and for the coaching staff and, and management to, to say that, you know what, like 
this kid might go back in in juniors but at least like we have like a we didn't make a mistake on this guy like he's he's for real so that was kind of my goal when i got there and, and then things kind of like unfolded where i was able to to stay but um yeah it was it was great the guys were so nice and so respectful and um especially when you're young like you don't know how it's gonna play out and you feel a little intimidated but like i gotta say like i we always said that hockey guys are are awesome and, and and so welcoming and and that was the case that year for sure was there one guy in particular that kind of took you in under their wing and kind of yeah. helped you a bit like navigate the city number one um you know you said the language barrier was just kind of like getting going like yeah i'm sure you could understand more than you could maybe speak or vice versa like you know there's a lot of slang here in boston so yeah, it's not. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time, though. You're yeah. the Boston accent on top of everything, and well, it's like I studied, you know, Parisian book French, and then I go to, you know, Quebec with, you know, some of my minor yeah, league it's teammates, like... and it's just completely different. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, no, so sure. it's just like the dialect, and but if was there one player in particular that you can? You yeah, know, Marty. Of... You know, Marty Lapointe was yeah, my, uh, nice. obviously, you know, French Canadian, uh, but he helped me. He took me on his wing uh, from the moment that I met him once the veterans showed up to to the last day, you know, uh, of our season, he, you know, I stayed with them and his family. Mm. He was unbelievable with, uh, you know, like I, I showed up, I'm supposed to go back to juniors. I brought clothes for like maybe 10 days. Right. And, and, and then sure enough, like he, I just kept like playing more exhibition games and, and then like sign a contract and you stay and he's like, well, you know, come over to my house and, you know, you can, there's an extra bed, bedroom and, and you can just, you know, stay with us and, um, and you can figure out after that. And I ended up staying with them the whole year and it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I wasn't ready to really, you know, like, uh, go out on my own. That was, it was more like I was still kind of learning and, I, um, I was trying to really like concentrate on, on being a good pro and, 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 again like for me it was it was my opportunity to to make it so i didn't want to you know mess it up so like the, for him to do that and and i could only concentrate on hockey and it was you know i i'll never be able to you know to thank him enough for for what he and his family have done for for me that year and, um but again you know i needed like a driver's license a bank account like all the mm -hmm. stuff that you yeah. don't even think about but right. like i just like right. you know the the first few checks, like they had to like give me a check, but I didn't have like a bank account to put the money into. I'm like, you know, like I don't know what to do here. Like someone, need, and and then you, it's it's the pros, right? So you kind of like you got to figure it out, uh, yeah. and and you become an adult pretty fast. Like when, when yeah. it happens, is that where Reza picked you up on the Zamboni? Yeah, exactly. That was my ride, actually. Like to go to games. Uh. <laughs> oh, so that's such. A like, I need story. a bank account. We need a Zamboni commercial for uh, Fleet Bank or something, right? Uh, oh my god! So, like, they actually like whoever like thought about the video. He asked Boint, Boints and uh, Jumbo mm. to to do that commercial, and they. Yeah. He's like, so here's here's the idea, and they both like, start they're laughing. Like, they're like, not a chance. Oh my god! They're like, get Bergen Razor do it. You know I, mean? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> couple oh, rooks. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Oh, that's how you got on there. Yeah, that was exactly what it. Was. Oh, that's they weren't the number one draft. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. 
That is awesome. great. I could see Joe saying that too. Be like, oh, that's especially with that laugh too. Right? Yeah, got that laugh. Where, yeah, you know, like you can hear him from a mile away, and he's like, as soon as he heard the script, he starts laughing. He's like, okay, Fergie will do it. <laughs> <laughs> that guy can't even speak English. Okay. That's so. Oh, that's oh, that is that's fantastic. No, it's cool. I. I I just saw, speaking of Marty LaPointe, I, I was watching a video. It was like a behind the draft thing. And talk about still ripped up like you could still oh my play. God. Oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, that guy's it's jacked. I think he got bigger, actually. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember him. Now. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember. Like, obviously, he was such a, a good player and was so, you know, like big and strong and tough and obviously watching, right? But I never had seen him up close. And I'm watching a video of him, I'm like, no, that can't be him. I was uh, crazy, but that, that's uh, it, it's super cool, and I think that you know, and, and times changed. I mean, God, I I was kind of giggling to myself just looking at like Michael Nylander, Ted Donato, guys. Like, all right, so now fast forward, you're still playing in the league, and these guys are kids are like veterans at this point, yeah. right? <laughs> like their their kids. Are, it's not like their kids just walked in the and and, and even Marty the point, right? His kids are playing at Michigan and and, yeah. and been around. I'm like, oh my god, that's a uh, it, it. It's it is funny to see. Oh my god, but even like the um, that Lysel is an 03 first yeah. year, and oh, I yeah. got drafted. No, so as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah. like talking about feeling old, you know, like. Well, so, I you're think right about- I think Ovi had a uh, a video this week that came with out. This, and, yeah, the rookie. The, yeah, and, yeah. and he's yeah. just like, Jesus, I'm getting I'm old. old. <laughs> Something. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's like, it's kind of a friendly reminder uh, every year when you get to training camp and well as you said you know Nylander and, and Teddy Donato and, and then like you know like I play with Chris Kelly now he was coaching like right, right it's like oh my god like you know like it's time flies yeah yeah but that, that's like the cool part about the game like everyone wants to stay in the game and like mm-hmm. continue to uh kind of provide and you know like you said like hockey guys are like the best but as as you got going and, and you kind of got your footing, um, you know you you, you kind of had a couple down years as a, as a group as an organization and yeah. but like you're a constant throughout the whole uh, time and like I was gonna say this I said it uh, to By earlier but you know I'm a Bruins fan you know like even though I was playing you know and uh, you know so you had a, a tough injury right a, you know kind yeah. of a cheap cheap shot you know you know bang your head a bit. And I ended up fighting that kid years later, you know, n- not only because he jabbed Monty Bordeaux, but because he, he knocked you out and the Bruins fans were upset about it. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I fought Randy Jones for you, you know. I knew <laughs> I loved you much. <laughs> <laughs> Always here for me, yeah? Yeah, it, yeah. It was, only, it was only three years later, but whatever. <laughs> you took a number, Mott. You took I a did. Number. I took a number. You know, I have a memory like an elephant. But um, at the end of it, though, like, so – can you talk about just like coming back from the injury and kind of like gaining, you know, again, that, that confidence of taking a hit, giving a hit uh, because like kids get injuries and, you know, sometimes they're a little hesitant. Can you just talk about that kind of like, you know, coming back from a very significant injury? Yeah, no, it's, um, uh, it's definitely challenging. You know, I think it, it's challenging physically, obviously, but then like mentally as well and maybe more so, you know, like uh, once you're like, inches from like playing or getting closer to playing then like it's the mental side right that's like okay like it's been a while you know like do i am i still like the same player am i still 
find uh, to get back out there. And, like, <clears throat> and I think that's like the hurdle sometimes, like the biggest hurdle hurdle at the end uh, for a lot of guys, um, whether it's concussion or whatever, the, the injury, if it's a big one, as you said. So, um, you know, I, I, and I think Doc Durant was on your uh, yep. podcast um, before, and uh, he was instrumental in, in helping me, you know, coming back. And because um, the next year, so I, I missed that whole year. I think it was early in my season. It might have been the ninth or the tenth game that I got hurt, missed the whole year. The next year I come back, I'm, you know, I'm starting the year and I'm playing, I'm feeling good. Um, but then like I got hurt again that year, but then I wasn't really producing. I wasn't really, you know, like how I wanted to play. It was kind of like a, a tough transition for, for me to kind of get back out there. And it's, it, you know, it's, it was challenging mentally because like you're, you know, you're used to X and, and you don't feel like you're, you're, you're getting there. So it's, um, so that's when like, I kind of like, uh, seek the help and, 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 and doc kind of, uh, got in the picture with me and, and helping me and, and, and really like, you know, making me realize everything I've gone through, you know, like, and, and that it was okay and, 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 and normal to kind of feel the way that I was feeling and, and, um, and to accept it and to kind of like, once you, you have that acceptance, you're able to kind of look forward and move on and, 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 and find, you know, um, find your way, I guess, and, and find your way back and, and, and not putting that pressure to just like, it needs to happen today. Like, you know what I mean? It's like slowly getting there and, and, and slowly really, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess it, it, it's showing gratitude towards yourself, gratitude towards um, what I've been able to, to do for a living, you know, like I've, I've, I've dreamed of playing this league for forever. I've, I've, I've worked extremely hard and, um, and here I am and I'm, you know, uh, there is a challenge in front of me and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like second guessing. And, and, and I think it was all that, that kind of, um, put things in perspective for me and helped me kind of like, um, yeah, I guess just kind of, move on and put it past me and, and, and then kind of like, uh, get back at it. No, that's great. And obviously we, we, we had the, the treat of, uh, of chatting <laughs> with, with Dr. Steve Durant. And, uh, so, uh, you know, backstory on that. So, so Steve's daughter, Jackie is married to a good friend of mine, Zach McGinnis, and he gave a speech at the wedding, um, you know, just talking about his daughter and their relationship. And like, I called Mott's right after I'm like, We've always said it and we've we've known him, but I'm like, we need to have Dr. Durant on. Like I, I'm like, I was like in tears, but laughing and like everything, yeah. like all at once, you know, and it maybe it was the IPAs up in up in Maine that were affecting me too. But <laughs> Florida, it was like yeah, yeah, it wasn't Maine too. There you go. All roads lead to Maine. Um, but it was, you know, it, he, he really was, it was special and it was so cool to, um, you know, it was right around the time he came on that I think you thanked him in your retirement ceremony and everything. So it was really cool, cool stuff. And just a, a great guy and a, uh, a, a legend for sure. But, um, you know, I, I want to fast forward a little bit, um, you know, talk about, obviously, you know, you, you overcame your injuries, the, the Bruins kind of get back, obviously you bring in big Z, um, 
a lot of changes that, that that you went through, but you know now you guys are, are making those playoff runs and and ultimately winning the Stanley Cup. Um, you know what was that experience like, and and you know enjoying it in the city of Boston. Yeah, it was it was incredible. You know, it was special. I think like uh, I do remember actually before we won, like maybe like in 2010 or 2009, I <clears throat> I was watching like um, like a documentary on on the beads and mm. the 70s and, and, and how there's video of, of them at the parade and, you know, Bobby and Chief and uh, and the amount of people that's that's there that day is like, if you guys have never seen it, you gotta yeah. like watch. It's like, for me, like as a, as a player, it gave me, you know, like chills, but also it gave me like a kind of like a, a goal in in mind right like it's like okay like this is like this is pretty special and this is like let's bring that back like it's almost like um you understand it but you don't and then you see it and it's like okay like it's mm. this is this is crazy like there are people care about the bruins like deeply you know and, and it goes back like a long time and uh it's a special organization and and, and like um Moss is yeah, fighting so, guys in on other teams. Yeah, as Moss, a and, you know, I mean, just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's incredible. I'm telling you, like, uh, and even like you, we talked about that those guys, like in in Providence, uh, or like for, I think the first question was was them, and um, even like all the way through, they were still like in contact with me and like kind of like texting and like if we were doing well, and these guys were still playing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they were like as you said, like they cared about the bees and, and it's, it's special around here. Like sports is, it means a lot to, um, to fans and, and to the, the, the population in, in general. So it's, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, it was incredible, you know, just to, to experience it, obviously, like it's a dream come true. You know, I think it's, it's cliche. It's just how it is. Like you mm -hmm. grew up, like you dream about, you know, that moment and, and winning and, um, and when you're able to realize that with, with your your teammates and you it's a grind for two months, you know, you go I mean it's a grind for that for the whole year, obviously eighty two games, a lot of games and in a short period of time and then you go into the playoffs and then the level goes up a couple notch, notches and, and, and you know, every game means something and, and then you battle for as I said, two months, uh, go through like a laundry list of injuries for a lot of guys and then you know, you're able to actually like accomplish, you know, your, the ultimate goal is, is incredible. So the celebration was something I'll never forget, honestly, like it was crazy. And, and, and we were in Vancouver, we had like, you know, I had my, my, my girlfriend, my wife now, uh, girlfriend at the time and, and, and my parents, my brother, they're all down and, you know, like all everyone's family were there, like in the locker room, there's people like there are some random fans from Boston in the locker room with us. Like, oh, I'm crazy. sure. Yeah. RA. Yeah. Yeah. RA made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it was just like uh, on the ice too. And, and I think it's just special to, the, to, to experience that with them. Cause you, you go through like, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a roller roller coaster of, of, emotions and, and and it's you know uh yeah it was it was incredible mm. yeah and the funny thing is i like you know going back to your point about being from boston and being still at the core of it a boston fan um i kind of like constructed a, a visit to the uh dorchester ymca i got up here caught a game in every series except for philly because you swept them right 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't catch any of those, but like, you know, that was the one where I was moving back, but then, you know, you got tamper and, uh, and, uh, Vancouver. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, I'm still a, you know, I went to a couple in each round actually, yeah. and, you know, you know, we got tickets and you know, whatever. It's just like, that's just great. You know, I'm playing for the Islanders, but yet I want you guys to absolutely pump them, you know, yeah. like, you know, just cause like, awesome. you know, family and friends. And whenever I played against you, uh, in, in Boston, it would always be like, all my buddies would be like, Hey, I hope you have a good game, but I, I want the bees to win. I'm like, I totally get it. <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> So like that loyalty and like what you're talking about, both the boys like Patty Leahy, Keith LaCoin, Dave Gove, you know, Walshy, like all the guys, uh, you know, that you played with in, in the lockout year and, you know, whatever it's just, and got to know. Um, it's just a, a very cool city to be a part of. And, yeah. and as far as, you know, kind of putting your stamp on it, you know, that Stanley Cup was, you know, for the ages, really. You know, like you guys played such a great game. Nathan Horton was a huge part of that him getting hit, you know, like you guys rally around that. But it was such a, you know, like a, you know, a tight group with good leadership, good supplemental leadership, you know, and you got Timmy Thomas kicking how he does, like the street hockey goalie is, you know, just at, at the end of the day, like it all came together and, you know, you just must have been so proud to be a part of it and be a huge part of it more than anything. Um, and so when you watched Bobby Orr, Chief, and those guys doing the parade, did you pinch yourself during that time and just be like, hey, kind of like, you know, just, you know, take a breath and stay in the present on that and like see everyone just like cheering and it was all for, for you guys, right? Yeah, during the parade, it was, uh, I did a few times. I kind of like just, I just looked at the the sea of people and I was like, oh my God, you know, yeah. like it's like, yeah. this is actually happening, you know? So that was, um, yeah, it was cool. Just the, to experience it and to, to take it all in and, and it was insane the amount of people <laughs> that was there was crazy and you could do whatever you had to just like you would like lift your hands up and like people would go banana like it was just like yeah. uh, it was unreal that's awesome that's awesome um yeah, I, I mean, I think just uh, there's so much to hit on, and obviously you had such a a, a great career. Um, and but you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the hockey stuff, you know, just the personal. But like, and we've asked this question to some really good players, um, you know, Hall of Famers, which you will be at at some point. But the hockey sense piece of it, right? Like you were such a smart hockey player, and how did that develop for you? Was it, was it, you know, did it come over time? Like what could you, can you point a finger to anything particular with it? That's a good question. I think like, um, yeah, I think I was like, like reading plays. And, you know, I think my, my game has always been to kind of like, like the kind of, like I, I've never been like the guy that's like the fastest skater. Mm. I've never been the guy that's always like in your face and like, you know, like that was more like for me, like the kind of like my pace was like trying to read, like what's my next move instead of like just going like a hundred miles an hour everywhere. Not that it's not like, I know like a lot of guys can't do that. I'm just saying like for myself, it didn't work that way. It was more like I was kind of skating where I thought the puck, the puck was going next. And um, I think it's over time you kind of develop that uh your reads and and of course sometimes you get you get caught like in a way cheating like because like it's you know that guy is that 
is that good that he just didn't make the play that you thought he was going to make. But like, you know, yeah, I think like it was like a hockey for me has always been like instinctual. Like I was always trying to go with instincts and, and like try to replays and, and, and it kind of, try, you know, like um, Doc Durant always says, like, you got to play with your hockey brain. Right? Like that's kind of like your bet. Like he, I know he, ta- I'm sure he talked about the red and the blue and, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're trying to be like, the more, like the more and more the, in the moment you are, the more you're going to be able to use your hockey brain, your instinct, your, like, you're not going to think, you're not going to squeeze a stick. Right. So like, for me, like, it was all about like, yeah, being in the moment, you know, being in like, okay, what's, you know, what's coming next, like being aware of, of my surroundings. And, and I think it's over time that you kind of develop that. And, 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 and obviously a lot of coaches have helped, a lot of people have helped and it's, you know, whether it's a system and whatnot, but I think like at the end of the day, it was, it was more like just the, yeah, just the, yeah. the instincts. So uh, I'm coaching my son and like, you know, talking about your game and like how you're coming through and your junior coach talking about some of those kind of not intangibles, but like, you know, areas of the game that can be overlooked. So face offs. Right. So he's a sentiment. Um, you, you remember Marty Reisner, like, you know, he does mm-hmm. some stuff with the, the Islanders. I went to college and he he's a, you know, kind of a skills player development coach. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him about face offs, like, separate yourself right separate yourself and then to the group i mean that's just between him and i our our conversations but like i'm talking to the group about turning your brain on right turn your brain on and you know identify and catalog file away situational tendencies what what worked well in this situation what didn't work well and then you can stop making better decisions and you know looking over your shoulder gaining information because that doesn't take skill, but then it allows you to anticipate the next move, right? Make a better play. Um, so, like, instinctually, you probably had that, like, already going. But then as far as, like, sometimes how easy is it sometimes to, you know, it's like a children's book. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I got my stick over here. You know he wants to go this way. And then you just pick off a path. Yeah. Maybe you knock it out of the air or whatever. So it's just like maybe that experience helps you along the way. But, you know, I'm trying to help these younger kids. They're, you know, 18, 17, 18 years old and want to try and give them the answers to the test. You know, like, you know, and then you just start like developing these habits and then you can just, you know, not everyone's going to take to it as much as, you know, say you did for, you know, your junior coach or, you know, your development. But I would say that anticipation, that kind of filing away of information is so important because, you know, there's so many tendencies that happen throughout the course of a game and throughout the course of a season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the uh, being able to kind of like, you know, recognize what's what works and what doesn't. And I think like to me, like hockey is a game of details, right? Like it's all about details everywhere, all over the ice. And I think like, whoever is able to do their details right usually get reward as a team get rewarded right like that's how so to me like and i've had those conversations with a lot of guys and to myself um i feel like when you're like struggling and when you're not producing and the puck is not going in what do you do you press you try to get to the areas where 
you're not supposed to go and you get to you cheat you you don't take care of the details that actually leads you to get the result usually right so to me like it's always for anyways that's what worked for me was go back to your details that was always something i would, I would tell myself worry about winning this face off if you win this face off you start with the puck go in you know like <clears throat> go in the right areas you know stay back you know as an f3 don't don't cheat in because like i feel like every time you make take care of details the puck falls on your stick at the right place at the right moment when when it's needed when it's time to score if you don't do that that's when like that's when you get away from your game that's when you keep thinking that's when you're pressing that's when you're you're in your head and you're not using your you know your hockey brain so i think to me it's it's always about details like if you're struggling if you feel like you know it's not going the way it's supposed to i would always tell myself go back to you know face off good sticks you know stick in the lanes you know like eventually i'm telling you it just like falls back in place because you're at the right place you're not cheating you're not like forcing things and and i think that's something for kids to to remember because like as you said before like people think about the points think about you know the end result a lot and i think that's what usually matters for statistics and 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 what looks good but then like what's really most efficient and and makes you win hockey games and i think to me is details mm. and and i think it's important an important reminder for for anyone that plays hockey i think love it yeah, yeah that's awesome clip it <laughs> yeah like seriously <laughs> they'll, they'll be on the socials yeah <laughs> no it's it, it's so good and i mean you brought it up too it's just like i actually i i had a conversation with a with a, a parent on my you know 12 year old teams and and you feel like kid pressing a little bit and i'm like he just needs to relax have fun and just play the game the right way and you know if you're like i compared it to golf i'm like if you're just off the green and you're like squeezing the 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 you know you you sand wedge like super tight like i gotta put this thing close i gotta put it close i gotta mm -hmm. put it close. what are you gonna do like you're gonna probably either duff it or just skull it like it's not gonna yeah. happen but if you go up there and have a relaxed approach and just like all right i've done this i've i've you know i've, I've worked on this a thousand times the you know the ball's gonna end up going in the hole or it's gonna the puck's gonna go into the net right and there's nobody better at it during your you know story career at, at you know you think back to those goals right uh, you know cup winning goals uh you know goals against toronto right like it, it just you were you were in the right place at the right right time you know not diving in because oh yeah. i i have to get overly aggressive here it's like they get you you kind of it goes back to the beginning right stayed in the present and just like all right i'm not going to press and good things will happen yeah, no exactly and that's the thing like you're like okay like you know like it's 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 it seems like there's an opening so you want to kind of like get, get in but then it's like no like i'm i should be f3 if because you got to think about also like defense like it you're on the offense but you still got to think about like both ways of like i you think about winning the game right like yeah. you think about like i'm trying to win i'm not just i just don't it's not just about scoring a goal it's like maybe your teammate will score a goal because you were high so i think like there's, there's a lot of that that's involved in like the game like we're like okay i'm staying high it's going to help him then he's going to reload then i can go you know it's like 
reading off each other, but also doing the right things, you know, like, and, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't say enough about that. Cause I feel like it's, 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 it's worked time and time again, when I, I was pressing, I was in my head or, you know, like it was always going back to, okay, you know, like I'm going to be in the moment and I'm going to play how I'm supposed to play. And it would just, you know, fall in place. Oh, that, those are all great points. And well, I just want to like touch on one last thing here, you know, like just being traded to the Bruins and being in the locker room with you and Z as captains, um, you know, but it was the year after the, uh, the cup win. But what I wanted to talk about was you guys, you know, had the letters on your jerseys and you guys led by example, right. You know, not overly vocal. Z wasn't overly vocal, but there was a great supplemental leadership group in that room. You know, like the Chris Kellys and Gregory Campbell, Sean Thornton, Seidenberg. You know, you can go down the list, right? And that yep. that was like so important for me to see because the accountability came from the room. Yep. And I think that accountability has to come from somewhere. And like we're not so much talking about, you know, the, the youth level, but like it can be implemented at that, you know, in the, the certain age groups, right? You know, as they get yep. a little bit older, you know, it can come from, you know, so in Jersey, it actually came from like Lou Limerell, the, the GM, right? That That's like the accountability. But there, there was accountability. There was no gray areas. It was black and white. You know, yep. if you're doing it right, you know, if you're doing it wrong, you know, but there was accountability. You go to the island, there wasn't much accountability. It was kind of like, you know, kind of in flux. You know, it was like a an organization in in kind of like a rebuild. But get, get to the uh, Bruins and the accountability that came from the locker room, from your peers – a healthy accountability was so valuable. Like it was mm -hmm. like refreshing for me to see because it's not like finger pointing because everyone was doing the right things. And it started with you and Z, you know, and it just, it came, you know, to that supplemental group. And, but, and then, you know, Mashi was young, Sagan was young, but like those guys knew the right things to do. So Mashi yeah. now is the captain. It's like, he, like he understands the right way to lead because he's been through, He's been through you, but he's seen this really, you know, evolution of, you know, leadership and accountability the correct way. So can you just talk to talk to us about and our listeners about Marshy and how excited you are to, you know, pass over the sea to him? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm extremely happy for him. He's, you know, obviously a good friend of mine. And uh, I'm impressed and amazed with, you know, his growth, you know, mm -hmm. over from his first year to now. And, and He's become, you know, obviously an amazing player, but beyond that, an amazing person and and and, and leader and um, and family man uh, and a great friend. So, like I, you know, I can't. He deserves it. It. He, I know he's going to be great, um, and he's just going to be himself. You know, he's going to lead the way that you know he should be leading. Uh, you know, there's no right or wrong answers on that as long as you're, you know, you do it for the right reasons and you speak from the heart and. Um, and you listen to, to that inside voice that tells you when it's time and when it's not. And um, to go back to what you were saying about you know the accountability, I think like for me, like leadership is all about leading by committee. You know, I think like it's 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 not a dictatorship, and you know it should be all about one guy that you know tells others what or how it should be. Um, I think it's everyone that should take pride in who we are and 
you know, what's our why and who, you know, what type of team do we want to be? What's the identity? And if you have those conversations with your teammates or at least with your leadership group, then like, I feel like it, it kind of like um, makes a huge difference because like it's, it's, it's from within, right? Like it's like, it comes from the guys. It comes from like, okay, like this is how we want the locker room to be. This is how, or what we want to accomplish. And, and by having that, I think that's how you, you have the accountability, accountability piece because, um, yeah, you know, we've, we, we've set boundaries, we've set rules within the locker room and this is how things are going to go here. And, um, and you don't want to be that guy that kind of lets down and, and doesn't pull, pull the load, you know? So, um, it speaks volume compared to like coaches, coaches or management because it's coming from your buddies and your peers and the guys that you actually sacrifice with. So I think like that's that to me, like that accountability that comes from the, within the locker room is, is so important and viable to, to be a successful team. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's not, it, you can't just fabricate that. It has to be, you know, the right people, the right character players in that group, in that yeah. room, you know, because you, the, it is the most healthy, but sometimes it's just not there, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, got, you know, if some guy's doing one thing, whatever, like, you know, then the finger pointing starts and that's like yeah. zero chance. But what I've, you know, personally experienced and what you kind of helped cultivate for so many years was that, you know, peer accountability, which is the most healthy, which, you know, it, it was just a, a pleasure to be a part of. Yeah, we had a, we had a great time. It was fun to have you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I, we honestly would love to keep you for another know, like six yeah. hours, but, yeah, but, but we know that yeah. we we can't. Um, but we do have, you know, our producer Jersey Shore, who you know he named his dog after you. Yeah. So we we need to let him ask a question, and hopefully this is appropriate. Right, Jersey? It's, it's totally appropriate. <laughs> Patrice, thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, of course, your future Hockey Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion. The things that you've done that that you brought to the city, your leadership, your your work ethic is is all right. Get to the question, Jersey. Um, Come on. So (laughs) my question is going back to 2011, like can you ever imagine or describe like what it's like to win three game sevens on the way to a Stanley Cup final after unfortunately going up 3-0 to Philly the year before and then losing in game seven. Like what was that? Like how did that whole locker room come together and just be like, we are not blowing this. Yeah, no, uh, it's a great question. I think like uh, even like going back to, uh, to the year before, you know, in 2010, like I think it kind of built us a little bit to, to have that, that killer instinct and, and, and not take three wins uh, for granted, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you need that fourth win. And it's actually the hardest to get. And um, the Montreal series didn't start as like we thought, you know, we went down to nothing uh, at home. So you could tell, you know, like the, the outside pressure was kind of like, it was definitely there. And uh, the finger pointing from, from, from a lot of people, but we, I really think like we, I think we got into our bubble, you know, like we, we just got into like, we we cared for we talked about the accountability we you talked about the locker room that we had uh we just cared about each other so much that it was like it's april you know like Mm -hmm. there's no way like i'm not going home now like Mm -hmm. i'm just not ready to go home and 
that's kind of how it, it it just started. It was more like I just worry about winning one game, you know. Like, and, and then we got to. I'm going back to your question. We 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 got the game sevens, and yeah, it was more like the the demeanor that we had. It was more like the the swagger where like we just had confidence that you know we've been through a lot. You know, we came back two nothing against Montreal. Same thing as Vancouver. We came back. You know, we were down two nothing. Uh, in the series and, and you get back and it's almost like it gives you like that confidence that even like no matter what happens in that one game like you know we'll, we're gonna find a way to overcome that so um i think like we did have that mental toughness that 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 we built within uh because of the the way that the playoffs unfolded and 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 um yeah we just rallied um behind each other and, and, and the coaching staff and everyone was involved and, and we all worked towards the same goal. And obviously you can't say enough about a lot of guys on that, in that locker room but, and the way that Timmy played. And, you know, there's a lot of intent, like things that happened and unfolded that, um, that could have like, uh, could be the reason, but I think it was more like a lot of things and, and um, everyone kind of bringing it, you know, like it was just not, about one or two guys it was, you know, like really like everyone kind of um, contributing and, and, and being at their best. Uh, was one, that one... game seven against, oh, sorry, much. Was that game seven against Tampa, like one of the cleanest hot yeah. games that's ever been played in the history? Like what, like what were you guys saying on the bench during that? Like no penalties, zero, zero, the, the entire game, like, describe that for us yeah no it, it was um it was great you know the, the refs just let us play you know like and i think like sometimes and obviously they do their jobs but sometimes you know like they they just didn't get in the way you know they just like it was two teams going at it like hard like there was like some big hits some like but it was as you said it was clean you know it was like it was just playoff hockey like high intensity and 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 a battle of will uh for the full 60 i think we scored late in the third and uh you know a one nothing game but i think it was an inter entertaining one nothing game it wasn't one of those you know like uh snooze fest you know it was it was like a a fun game to watch and it was a fun game to be a part of and, and to play so my question was you know as you learn and you know kind of from your maybe lockout days you know, you're a leader. Now, um, are you glad that you didn't have everyone dye their hair blonde? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was a bad look, man. Hey, buddy, that's like this, the only, like, uh, picture that comes out of Providence. But listen, I played there for, like, I played, like, 60-some games plus playoffs, and that's the only picture they <laughs> they found. Like, I, as I said, you know, like, I'm, I'm all for the team. You know, I'm always <laughs> – I'm always up for whatever. If 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 it's gonna bring the boys together, like uh, let's do it. So yeah. it's a terrible look. Yeah. Like, did you have more fun? As a, did you have more fun as a blonde or no? Because I hear no. blondes have more fun. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I was all business. I was yeah. all business. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Corona sent me a picture too. I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of Grossbergy. You know. I know. Yeah. yeah tough, no tough look for sure. Hey, he's blaming some of his uh, hair loss on. On that dye job, which is like an absolute mm. lie. Bad lemon know. juice. Bad lemon juice. <laughs> lemon juice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's that's the reason, but um, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, oh God. Well, stuff. Patrice, this is uh this has been fantastic. Well, you know, I think we we just have to go for part two in a few uh you yeah. know, like no, maybe once once the, the kids are really in, ingrained in the hockey and now you get like a couple seasons under your belt, we're gonna have to check back in and be like, all right, all where right. are we at right now with, with the, the youth hockey race. experience? <laughs> where where where's the head at? But no, we uh like like I said, we can't thank you enough. This has been fantastic. Uh it was a treat to watch you play. And you know, we're looking forward to to the future and what brings to view and obviously the the Bruins Hall of Fame and all that stuff and and, and the NHL hockey hall of fame someday. So this has been uh really special. So thank you for for taking the time. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a fun chatting with you guys, and it was an honor to be on the on the pod. Yeah, thanks again, Bergie, and I can't wait to uh, see what the next chapter holds for you, bud. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mark. That interview was also brought to you by Sparks. Sparks is the at-home or on-the-road skate sharpening machine. Head on over to sparkshockey.com and use BYMOTS for $50 off your Sparks sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Yeah, Sparks is obviously the greatest. We talk about it all the time, and we are using it. We're going through wheels left and right in my house because these kids are shopping their skates so much, but it uh, it's a great partner and a uh, a great product, that's for sure. But, Mott, uh great interview with Patrice Bergeron. It was, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it was a treat to be able to chat with him. Uh, you know, having never met him or anything, it just – what a humble, humble person. We, you know – so many accolades, so many points, 20 years in the league of watching this guy. And it was just like, you know, he, he doesn't have that crazy aura about him where he's like, it's just amazing, right? And and never mind, like, you forget, and people even around here forget, he came to Boston 20 years ago, like, and, and barely spoke a word of English, right? And, you know, his influence is like living with Marty LaPointe, who's now has kids playing at the college ranks and, and, and everything. It's just uh really, really cool. Uh, a great episode must listen, must listen to it for every kid, every youth hockey player out there. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, again, you know, I talked to him a few times uh, about coming on. He's like, I don't really do podcasts or this, but like, he's like, yeah, I'll do it for you guys because you guys do the right things and you're trying to get the right message out there. And that just kind of goes into the person that he is. You're like, no, Bergy, all we do is talk about you on the podcast anyways <laughs> and how we want everybody to be. You have to come on. Yeah, I know. You know, I, uh, I didn't even have to grease him with any, like, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, some favors. But, uh, you know, he wasn't the best player growing up, but he learned perseverance and hard work. You know, like he always continued to get better at every level he was at. And the one thing that I liked was, like, lead- leadership. Like, you know, he's such a good leader. And I was in the room with him. And he wasn't the most vocal, but, like, he's – you know, just like dialed in on the details of the game and what what it means to win. And like that's what we talk about as coaches. You know, you want these kids to understand like you play the game the right way and we want to talk about playing the game the right way. But at that level, you're supposed to know how he's just very – he was adamant about doing things correctly. And you just mm-hmm. saw it in his game. And then he's also saying, you know, so he's a leader. Number one, by the way, he plays – 
you know, by performance and leading by example, but also when, you know, he talked about leadership is, is about leading by committee. Yeah. So he's like a selfless person that understands that it takes a collective group. It's not just one person saying the right thing or one person doing the right thing. You need everyone buying in, saying the right things, pulling the rope the right way. And I experienced it in that room with the Bruin, but he, that's what he lived and that's what he did. And that's what he's passing on down to, uh, his buddy Marshawn too. So I'm, I was pumped to like talk to him about a bunch of different things, but it was, it was really great to have him on because he's such a gentleman, number one, and you know, an unbelievable, um, you know, example for not only players, but just, you know, just to be, uh, the way he conducts himself as a person. Right. And that the, the messages from his youth and just staying in the present and it got him through, you know, it pulled him through like being the guy, like there's a reason why people like that score the huge goals, right? Score the cup winning goals, uh, score the, 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 you know, the important goal at the end of the game to tie it up or get that one goal lead. You know, there's so many of them that we were lucky enough to, to watch as Bruins fans. Right. But as hockey fans in general. Right. And, and, and he was never the guy that was, you know, and he explained it in the interview, right? Like just talking about like he was never thinking like too far ahead. It was just like stay in the present, stay focused, don't cheat the game. Like, you know, he he touched on it about positioning and all that stuff. Like it really was just um, you know, hey, something. He's saying it's not about scoring a goal. I, I want to win. Right. Exactly. Like, you do everything, you know, the right way, you're gonna it's gonna lead to wins. So if everyone's buying in on that, you know, it's it, it's just going to be much more successful, you know, group effort that leads to wins. And that's and, what you really want to do. Right? And 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 part of that is right. And and I think this what I was trying to say is like he never tried to cheat the game. No, he right? could have cheated. And like we didn't even get to it. But like I was going to ask at one point, like, you know, he could have had 100 plus points if he cheated the game. Right. Right. But, but like, like you s- just said, but winning's more important, and yeah. the team's more important, and that that's his mentality. Yeah, and that's that's why the Bruins have been as successful as they have been. You know, winning a cup and being right there multiple times. It's just you have you know guys like that. You know, the the go to guys. You know, leading the way, playing the game correctly, and then everyone follows suit. But you know, you don't see that across the league. So it's it's not it's not the norm. So it's really refreshing to see. I the one thing I wish I asked him about though was like that dance move situation that he had going on with Marshawn at at McAvoy's wedding this summer. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you see that? Like that yeah. was perfectly scripted and and, and really <laughs> well done. So yeah. that was the one thing. Maybe I, you know we could have got him chuckling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can cut loose here and there, but he's just one of the better guys out there, and I'm so happy that we came on. And our listeners can get a little glimpse into uh, the person that we know. Yeah, no, it was great stuff and uh, great work lining them up, Mots. It's about time those, you know, eight games or so you played for the bees started paying off for the <laughs> exactly. for the ring shrinks. <laughs> I knew all that Bruins alumni stuff you do. You know that this was gonna pay pay off for us. So great uh, job, buddy. Yeah, I know it's great. You know, he just. Uh, when I was chatting with him about it, he's like, absolutely, you know, just make some time. And very generous of his time, uh, you know, because we could have sat there all oh, night with him. You know, we would have been there for six hours if we if 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 it didn't get too late. Yeah, but overall, we want him to come back on. That's why we didn't want to, you know. 
Yeah, get have him back on after he has a year a year and change in the uh in the books getting on the ice with the, the little guys and see where it's at. Exactly, exactly. Uh well that interview and episode is also brought to you by My Hockey Rankings. We'll have our My Hockey Rankings question of the week coming for you later this uh week on Friday. But uh, as always, we want to thank our partners at My Hockey Rankings. Um, that pretty much wraps things up here. Uh, really appreciate the episode and, and you know being able to hang out and chat with Patrice Bergeron. It really was awesome. And uh, this show was finally presented by Bet Online. Make sure you head on over to Bet Online and use that code Believe B L E A B. Uh, thanks for listening, and it's time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle jersey. Yeah.